0: Hello, universe. Did you bring a towel? Uh, It's raining. It's been raining for 48 hours. Supposed to rain all day tomorrow. Temperature right around 50. Oh, it's pleasant. I mean, Mother's Day is supposed to hit 60. But I believe rain for Mother's Day as well. So rather than doing an on location jobby. What up, Phoebe? I didn't go anywhere, I had to get some sound effects. Hello universe! It is Thursday night at uh, what's the time? time is 1029. And uh, the phone is now in place. The cat is on the computer. The dog is in the living room. The space heater is by the bed. I have something to drink. Uh, probably should blow my nose. Pause. Unpause, pause. Unpause. <clears throat> Are you ready, Phoebe? Oh, we better get Phoebe's back. Pause. Okay, unpause. <clears throat> uh, I think, well, I, if I had to pick my most creative moment today, or the thing that, as it turns out at the end of the day, when I look back on the day, I would say was most creatively engaged it was the way that I cut my leg like in several places it was a very creative way to cut my leg and yet handling glass today has been a problem so I've got like diamond glass dust in my hands that I got to get rid of so I'm gonna jump in the shower real quick and uh, try to get myself in presentable shape because that was the part I forgot to do pause Yep, it's now 12.20 in the morning. The morning of the 12th of May. And it's still raining its ass off out here. Pause. Okay, i am pause. Um, there's no rain in the bedroom, so that's good. Cats on the pillow, though, so that's not good. Uh, okay. So we'll be getting back to our roots a little bit here with episode 52. Um... In that I have nothing uh, planned out for this particular recording, except to try to encapsulate um, my impressions of uh, what the next recording will be. Yeah, I know. It is pretty dumb. But here's why. Well, not why it's dumb. Well, you know why it's dumb. But... Here's why it's turning into a one-episode finale rather than a two-part finale. Because I was originally going to lead with my nine favorite moments in the podcast. Podcast. All right. pause. Unpause. Unpause. Uh, note to self. Uh, did it just get quieter? Uh, note to self, too. Did it just get quieter again? Um... <laughs> I guess, begrudgingly, I will start to adhere to the terminology, the descriptor, the podcast vernacular as um, as what this enterprise has become. I guess this is no longer a personal confession, not at least directly, though I could get back to that tomorrow. Let's face it. Um... And it is that, to a certain extent. But it's not focused on that like it was early. So, what the fuck is this? Hmm. Well, it's my way of collecting the tangents and, as much as possible, keeping from overlooking trains of thought that had productive potential um, that get lost in the shuffle to something uh, uh, more uh, interesting in the moment or uh, more distracting for reasons that uh, I've uh, yet to understand. So, what's with my voice? I just drank a glass of water, too. Um... Maybe some of the Sandia sweet soda is what's missing. Okay. <clears throat> I think I mentioned that I cut my leg. Let's see, how many places did I cut my leg? One, two, three, four, five. And two of them are, like, butt cuts. Um, And I've got all this glass, like... Uh, shit, man, my fingertips are sore. Anyway... um. So I've had a day of disruption uh self-imposed and uh and weather imposed and too little sleep and um hmm, um probably too little music. I didn't play any music today like on my piano nor did I actually listen to enough music. So and the and the, the rain. I mean Having lived in Portland, Seattle, this weather is familiar, but even those cities rarely get three days of straight rain. And Portland gets it way more than Seattle does, but Portland doesn't get this kind of rain. Portland gets like that misty, crappy, almost you don't get wet walking across a parking lot rain. Um, Seattle gets this kind of rain, but not for three days. 24 hours, sure, but mm, three-day rain periods are rare. At least in my life. So, I'm trying to overcome the natural uh, mood suppressant that is the constant drying off of my dog. Well, I thought, why not record? And since I haven't listened to all 51 of the episodes prior to this one, to prepare for my take on what I really liked, And what I didn't like in this last round of uh, 53, uh, well, I still wanted to record something today outside of that framework. Because I didn't want to dedicate today to um, the best of what I've already done. I wanted to add something more to this round. And I don't know if I actually have topical relevance enough to to complete this recording the way I hope to. Um, But as I started to look for previous um, worthwhile uh, moments in the recordings uh, prior to this one, numbers one through 51, um, well, I actually started finding a variety of things I liked. Things that I had forgotten about. Things that I have not revisited for a while. Because this season, as it were, has taken the entire 2023 year so far. And I forgot that I finished 2022 on a -a two-a-day rush to get season five done. So I could start season six in January. I think on the second or third. I don't remember. But now I realize that having taken most of February off and quite a bit of chunks in March and probably April too, um, yeah, this is... This series of 53 is extending across four and a half months, which I didn't intend at all. And I really hadn't even realized till I started looking at the review. So intentionally interjected because it was appropriate in that moment. This will be a thorough review of what this year has been so far. 2023 has had some hiccups and uh, and mostly self-imposed, but a couple that the simulation has thrown right in my lap and a couple that the simulation has put off to the side and um, had me deal with from afar. All of these... Gestures and uh, activities corralled into the year that is 2023, well, there's more to digest than just my nine favorite moments and the nine things that I would edit out if I used an edit button. No, that wasn't going to be enough. And uh, <laughs> And so in true blowing up the final project to the point that it'll be too much work and I'll just do a crappy job on it, Instead of doing the original idea well, let's do seven times the original idea and let's do it poorly. Well, let's uh, hope that that was some karmic uh, reverse psychology um, because what I'm actually going to pursue in re-listening to all, what is it, 35 hours that precede this, well, I'm going to look for nine categories to create top nine listed. I know, this is way too ambitious. In fact, uh, should I just quit right now? No. No, because one, I don't have a job, so I have the time. Two, it's been raining and it's going to continue raining, so I kind of have the weather. And three, well, it's been four and a half months of the year already. We're almost to my birthday which will be next month. And frankly, maybe I should do a bit of a check-in. Where am I going? Considering I don't have a job and don't have anything to do today, except maybe listen to my own podcast. So maybe, maybe taking this, what's going on at this point in my podcast, uh, situation will turn into a, what's going on at this point in my life situation. Right, Phoebe? Totally. Nice entrance. Um, and so that's, that's where we're headed. Um, and in so doing, well, <clears throat> I'm going to mine my previous uh, attempts at, what, listenable content. I'm going to look for number one. Well, actually, number nine. Uh, my misuses of words. Now, this could be mispronunciations, which I'm a fan of. Uh, Or this can just be flat out wrong word, wrong place. I'm also a fan of that one. This can also be reaching for a word that just didn't fit. Yeah, I'm also a fan of that one. Um, This could also be using c'est la vie at a point when I meant chow. So you never know what word misuses I've done. In fact, I don't even know what they are. Those are little treasure boxes I can't wait to open. So, that will be list number nine. I will look for the nine most, uh, which we go for, the nine most, oh, did I really? Word misuses that I can find in this season. Okay. Then list number eight. Which one would be list number eight? List number eight will be, um, hmm, uh, how about thought derailments? Uh, I'm good at this, so imagining that I can come up with a top nine, I don't know, that might be hard to cut down to nine, but I'll do do my best. So I will be looking for things where I started some thought and never got back to it, never finished it, never completed it, never even remembered I started it. Because list number seven, well, I'm going to find the nine best weeds I smoked over these four and a half months as I record it. That should not be too tough. But because thought derailments are a direct result of smoking weed, well, I thought putting them next to each other would be a reasonable um, uh, sequence of, of what, production planning? All right, on to list six. List six being that I just smoked weed. Oh, should I smoke some weed? Sure. Let's get that going. Um, List six will be... My top nine most unlistenable moments. And these will be moments where literally I just don't think you should listen. For whatever reason. Could be that the dog is snoring too loud and you can't hear me. Could be that I'm smoking dope and I'm not talking and it's just not worth listening to. It could be that I forgot to hit pause and recorded for a minute and a half. And that's just stuck in the recording now. And that's too bad. Who knows? Creating unlistenable moments? Well, I don't want to hamstring myself. I'm pretty good at it. And if you just let me go, coach, you'd be surprised what I come up with. All right. I'm Paul's. All right. Well, the next eight minutes of life will be um, will be brought to you by Jack Herrera and Chocalope. Yep. I said Chocolope. Uh, Yeah. Fuck, man. Chocolope. Even the word. Just... It works. Chocolope was somebody's really good idea. So thank you somebody who invented Chocolope. And all the other people that invented everything that had to happen so that Chocolope could come along too. You're all pretty cool as well. But... List number five... Well, uh, things I shouldn't have said. Simple. Uh, The top nine things I shouldn't have said. Whether they be just flat out wrong statements or uh, names of people I shouldn't have mentioned or God knows what. Right, God? Do you know? Do you know what's in there that's on? Yeah, okay. Um, Things I shouldn't have said. I wonder if I should turn this category into things I should have said. Ooh. Boy, that would be more interesting, wouldn't it? Hmm. Maybe that'll be a bonus category. Or maybe I'll forget I even said that. But still, things I shouldn't have said. There've got to be nine. There might be 90. So, the top nine, best of my uh, ability of judging the embarrassment of the statements therein, uh, will be in reverse order from... Uh, uh, It's not so bad that I said that one, too. <gasps> Seriously, dude, I should edit that out. Um, So, things I shouldn't have said will be list number five. List number four. Well, I need to rate my top nine emotional breakdowns. And unfortunately, I'm well aware that there are at least nine of these. There are nine in the last ten episodes, for fuck's sake. So, yeah, that's part of the reason that going through this session has been... hmm, uh illuminating I I have found that the, mm, the up and down uh emotional experiences of twenty twenty three so far have been rather um, <sighs> um purposeful. I don't I mean how else can I put this? As I've gained Comfort with emotional width, the more my emotions get pulled to the wide, to the heights and the and the pits, the more I'm there to experience those and almost learn things about myself for the first time at 53. Because all other moments in life were either Shaden Freud-laden escapades or shut down emotional, uh, um... Defense mechanisms to keep from feeling misfit. Misfitted? Um, All of the above. So, when I say emotional breakdowns, I'm not looking to go find the places where I started just sobbing because I was um, connecting to something melancholy. I don't even know that there are a lot of those in there. No, it's more like the variety of emotions that brought me to tears in this round I think are legitimately varied. We'll see. Maybe there's three different uh, emergent tier paths that I took and I did them all three times and so here we go. There's your nine. Could be. But <clears throat> again... This is another reason these recordings have value for me, because I can now gauge some of my own emotional heft or um, uh, uh, weight uh, against where I am now. Especially as something uh, the universe spits at you, forces you to deal with it in a way that you can't change it to your uh, your liking. No, you're just going to have to accept what's coming and deal with it the best you can in coordinating it into your life and out of your life or whatever, in whatever capacity is, necess- is necessary. Like, language is necessary, not necessitated. So, looking at my emotional... Huh, Upheavals, uh, uh, that one might be the category I'm the most interested in, to be frank. But I would say the next three all are actually more interesting. But lists, should we do these in reverse order? I think we should. List number three. Funny-ass moments. All right, here's the thing. If I really think I'm going to stand up on an open mic night at a comedy club and try to spend four minutes making random people laugh, well, then there's got to be some funny-ass shit moments in this, like, last 52 recordings. There have to be. So if I can't find nine of those, uh, see, here I am setting up little hurdles of which, if I can't jump across, I'm going to let myself excuse myself out that side door because I heard the frozen yogurt truck go by and I'm really, really warm. No, no. I, I gotta, I gotta believe that part of constructing a comedic routine is being comfortable with your material in a way that it's almost, mm, you're not, you're not developing or constructing the joke on stage. Your topic matter is inherently funny, so you just go up to speak. Mike Birbiglia style, although his woven narratives are a lot more uh, intentionally driven than I'm giving him credit. To me, it's like if you were going to have a 45-minute set, well, I'd want that to be um, six or seven cab driver to passenger exchanges where you're just dynamically shifting to a new topic matter that is interesting or has at least some level of dramatic tension to work with and spinning it into something fun. And then you do it again to the next customer. And once you've done that seven times, well, look, that's an hour in TV land, so you're off stage. I don't know. I'm looking for funny-ass moments. Will I find them? Let's hope so. If I don't, well, that might lead us to list number two, which would be revisit-me moments. My top nine, you know? I should go back to that thought. Moments. Now, uh, how is that uh, different than the next one? Well, it's... These are places where I didn't develop something enough or I left something dangling that could have been much more appropriately uh, tied into whatever I was trying to, uh, at the time, bridge. It doesn't matter. But one of the things I am peppered with as I go back and listen to even the episode I just recorded are things that I'm like, shit, I should go back to that. Because I'll touch on something, even not even realize it maybe as I'm speaking, but realize it as I reprocess it and think, fuck man, yeah, I should have, I should have let that go further. Those moments are something I should be listening to all of my previous recordings and trying to catalog. So here, let's see if we can find nine of them. Now that we're at list number one, I'm gonna pause. Unpause. <clears throat> all right. So the last list of nine I'll be trying to populate as I revisit the I could be right group of 53. Well, even the kitty knows this one because she's getting her paws all scratched up out there on the leather chair, which means she too is hoping for listenable content. And, uh... If you've uh, listened to any of this last four and a half months of recordings, well, somewhere back in there, I talk about an article I read that was, or was that last year? Who knows? Somewhere one day, I stumbled into an article called um, Ways to Improve... No, uh, I think it was How to Improve Your Podcasts uh, your audience experience through your podcasts. Uh, I don't even know. Point is it was trying to tell you things that would make your audience appreciate your podcast more. Why I'm stumbling over this. I don't know. They were ideas like put up that corrugated soundproof shit so that you don't have ambient echoing noise. I'm like, uh, yeah. Uh, Get the best microphone on Amazon you can afford. Um, uh, what was there? There were, I think, 10 or 15 of them. So there were quite a few. And <clears throat> it seemed like they missed the most obvious one. And the only one necessary, really. And I'm not saying I do this. The reason that I tell you not to listen is because there's so little consistently listenable resources of content out there that to plug into one day after day, or even just as a, as a committed experience of return value. Boy, I don't know. There's, there's just so much more to be doing with your day than listening to something somebody else put together, at least in repetitive form. Now, I mean, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I'm as big a fan of morning radio uh, silliness and all the whatever type of background noise um, you can get into. If that's the experience you're using this for, that's as far as you should take it. But I think going forward now, I'm going to have to at least inject in every single episode at some point, a, uh, if you're listening to this, What else are you doing? Like, seriously, what else are you doing? You can't just be sitting on the couch. You cannot be just lollygagging on your bed. You cannot be just on the toilet looking at your phone, which is probably what both of you listening are doing. You have to be doing something if you're listening to podcasts. This isn't doing something. This is the noise you listen to because you're doing an individual activity, and a podcast helps make that individual activity less tedious. So this is mowing the yard background noise. This is changing the oil in the car background noise. This is um, trimming trees that you're not on a ladder and don't need hearing uh, echo location to determine your own safety. I guess. My point is, never ever have I downloaded 10 podcasts with the idea that, oh sweet, now I can go sit on the couch for four hours. No. You download 10 podcasts because you have to ride your bike to Aurora, and then to fucking Englewood, and then back to West Denver. And you know that with the way your uh, 53-year-old body's going lately, that's probably three hours worth of work. So let's load up four hours worth of podcasts and skip the shit we don't want. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I, that, that, that would be fine. As long as you put me on at least double time. Because if you download four hours of podcasts, you should be able to get through those in no more than two hours. And frankly, you should be able to get through those in about 80 minutes. And I say that because if you get comfortable listening to me at 2.0, then you have to jump to two and a quarter, because there's no difference, really. It's slightly faster, slightly. They're very similar. Now, three is very different, but just stay on 2.25 for about a week. you'll get used to that tempo exactly. Two will start to sound slow, and then go to 2.4. Don't jump to 2.5. Don't keep doing quarter jumps. That'll it'll feel abrupt, especially from 2.75 to three, or from 2.5 to 2.75. Just go up ten or, but do it every four or five days. Once you've gotten used to the speed, go up a little bit more. Go up a little bit more. Pretty soon you'll listen to me at three and a quarter, and that's probably where it taps out before you have to start going. Wait, what was that? What was that? What was that? Three and a quarter. <clears throat> that's where I listen to most of my revisits. And uh, it took me a little bit to get there, but I don't miss anything because I talk so slowly. There's nobody I'm conversing with. So there's nothing here to listen to but a direct narrative, which, again, you shouldn't be listening to. But if you are, speed it up. Um, <clears throat> what else? Sorry about the swearing. Nothing I can do about it. And frankly, I'm not really sorry. I just am sorry if that is a situational um, custom that is offensive enough to you to somehow deny the value of whatever exchange of content exists in a a once-in-a-while swear-word-laden (laughs) expletive-packed exchange. I only swear when I feel it's... Well, that's not true. I like to swear. I find swearing to be some of the most colorful words we've got. I like to speak in colorful language, so... Blue, purple, yellow, green. Um... I don't think... Well... I don't think much, really. Things just fall out of my mouth, like... Blue, yellow, something green. um, Purple? Probably. If... <laughs> if Jack Herrera and Chocolope aren't doing their job, well, come on. Obviously they are. All right. It's a good thing I got this list. Oh, yeah, I've got this list. But there was one thing I wanted to talk about before going to my final list. And that is... <clears throat> How do I want to approach this? I don't... (laughs) The world's a funny place. Because you can go out with a complete presentation of yourself, actions, and outcomes that you would call um, magnanimous. That the Denver Post calls psychotic. And... In whatever disconnect you create from the way you're received versus the intent you implied in your actions internally, in your own head, what you were trying to get done, trying to be helpful, trying to be courteous, trying to be quick, trying to be discreet, trying to be asleep, whatever you're trying to be, if the universe gives you a reaction that is, well, 90 degrees to the left or right of the heading that you thought you were uh, tacking, it it puts you in the position of, well, do I course correct, do I adapt, or do I scrap and replant? And sometimes the universe even tells you which of those directions you need to go next. And being in this exact situation on two different frontiers and almost happening in in simulcast life events, well, I... I wonder if the only thing I'm really here to do is to watch whatever comes next. I mean, at some point, it's it's like you're giving me the same tasks and I'm going to perform them the same way and I'm going to come out with roughly the same expectations and uh, if the universe doesn't meet those expectations and has to double down... To show me something glaring that I'm overlooking, well, it's, it seems like I'm being set up for that. It's just there's just too much coast in my routine right now, and maybe this is because I don't have a job to go to where somebody tells me I'm fucking doing something wrong or something bullshit or whatever. So I don't have all that laden <clears throat> taint on my uh, inner subconscious, thus am liberated to feel unburdened and un. Uh, restricted in my daily well. Nobody's telling me that's wrong, so I guess we'll call that right uh, life. But ah, uh, there goes one of those thought derailments, huh? <clears throat> Time to smoke more weed. Pause. I'm okay, I Okay, sort of remember. I mean, I was, I was heading into that space where I'm just feeling like an NPC. It just it just stacks up that way. Uh, I mean, I feel like I'm here to trigger the plot to move forward, so other characters can experience the next thing they're supposed to get to. <clears throat> I mean, isn't that how your life's going? Pause. All right, on pause. I'm gonna go ahead and just do a dab while I spell out <clears throat> a few more of the rules. Um. Well, rules. <laughs> rules. Uh. A few more of the consistent expectations that you will have to endure if you're silly enough to think hitting anything but the stop button right now is your best move. Um, I'm going to be uh, completely indulgent in myself in both topic matter and extent of uh, mental masturbation within that territory. I don't care if I say the same word 19 times in a row, trying to come up with a word that follows it. I am going to always record at a pace that says something meaningful that I stand by as I speak it and as I know it will live out there forever and that is relevant to the purpose of what I'm doing here. So, again, with all that self-indulgence, well, hmm, not a whole lot of room for a listener, is there? I mean, seriously, did I even invite you? I mean, I guess this is your universe, too, but... Pause. Oh, wait, I was going to do a dab. Hey, I've loaded up some uh, blue cheese. Oh, good. Um, once in a while, you'll get one of these uh, trim run uh, combos, and this one's Blue Dream and uh, UK Cheese, <clears throat> where... Literally, they have dumped whatever is left on the floor after they've uh, cut the nugs and gotten everything uh, into packaging. Well, they're going to tumble and butane this stuff into, eh, I gotta say, some pretty damn stony and uh, creative idea-inducing product that um, has gotten cheaper and cheaper. Yay, Denver. In fact, are concentrates, marijuana concentrates, and ounces of weed the one thing in my life that is cheaper this year than it was last year? Maybe. But they are. So at least one thing's going right. Pause. Oh, my goodness. All this clickety-click. Another reason you might not want to be tuning in, uh, because I will discuss, but more importantly, probably, to those who would be offended, I will also use what uh, have, in this lifetime, been considered illegal drugs. So far, the count is marijuana concentrates, marijuana green... Uh, grass, and mushrooms, psychedelic mushrooms. What else will we get into? Well, uh, obviously some of that sweet watermelon Sandia soda from the Kroger company. Wow. We'll need some of that right now. Holy shit. Boy, there could be crack in there. I'm not saying there is. I'm sure Kroger's... Well, I'm not sure about anything with Kroger. But, let's face it. They ain't putting crack in their 429 12-packs of watermelon soda. Ah, But, could the simulation be doing that? I mean, if... Well, let's not get into that. Let's do this final list. I don't want to uh, I don't want to go into territory that will get me derailed. So, in celebration of all the fucking cold weather. because you know what this year has been? It's been cold. It's been cold the whole year. Yeah, the last week's been decent, but even the last week's been decent. It's not been warm, and maybe next week looks like it might hit 80. We've had one day in the 80s so far. It's May 12th. And the year has been freezing. Well, that's actually better for me. I would much rather be in a chill environment than in a warm environment. And if we're talking cold versus hot, then it's not even close. I'll take cold every time. But I guess that little curse... Um, has fallen on me squarely this year because even I, about two weeks ago, lost it in the backyard when it started snowing. And I thought, I mean, uh, what are we going to see a day that's ready for golf? Well, I know they're coming next week and probably for the rest of the four months thereafter. But they ain't here yet. They have not been here at all up till this point, and frankly, they're overdue. So, in kind and forgiving fashion, I will tell the weather, you've done a bang-up job for about 15 years around here, so this year, I forgive you. In fact, hell, let 2023 be the year you fuck it all up. Everything's just not cool because the weather sucked that'll be fine. Because you have fucking knocked it out of the park. I mean, some of the Novembers we've had around here for the last 10 years have just been june So, I'm not complaining. But anytime you're ready to turn the camera over to tennis weather, well, those photos I'm ready to start taking. But... Having enjoyed cold weather for most of my life, <clears throat> I've definitely got some favorite moments in the cold. And that is today's list of nine. I could be right, because I am right. I know my favorite nine. Well, do I know my favorite nine? I'll bet I remember something like two weeks from now where I'm like, oh, you know what should have been on my list of cold? You watch. It'll come up. But I I gave this one half a day to think about, so I think I got nine legit good ones. I, I certainly like my list, so. I'll just start with that. I like it. You are not listening, so you don't even have to care. But for the dog, um, I've spoken about this once before, but uh, I have to put it on the list, even though it was torturous and never something I would relive. It is one of my better memories, and that is playing freeze out at the Great Hollow Wilderness School with, who was that in that truck? It was me, Doug, and... Um, God, what was his name? The Marlboro man. Uh, well, there's a name that'll come to me if I don't think about it. Maybe Chris? No, that's not right. Um, well, <clears throat> when we were closing down in October, and first week of November, um, we had a pickup truck that had um, uh, cab, uh, uh anchors. And so you could get a pretty good handhold on the cab standing up in the back bed uh, with your shirt off as the two inside drove down, what was that, Route 121 um, at up to 55 miles an hour. And if you went 60, you were definitely going to get a ticket, especially with some shirtless dude standing in the back of the truck. So 45 is about as fast as we really got going. But in October... When it's fucking 40 degrees, and you're going 45 miles an hour down 10 o'clock at night uh, back highways. <sighs> oh, my God. Oh, um, uh, Tim, that was his name. Because those two guys were made out of, what, stone? I don't even know. I, I If I remember right, I might have made it to six minutes or five, but... They, one of them was out there for 20 plus at one point. And I'm just like, I mean, and you have no idea how fucking cold you get in, a, in about 15 seconds. And then it's a question of how long can you endure it before you just finally have to say, I, uh, I'm done. Well, what, when I got in and they told me it was six minutes or something, and the clock is there. So you obviously get to tell that they're not lying to you. Uh, you know, you think you've been out there 15 minutes, you've been out there six. That's what my universe was like, but I've never forgotten the nights playing Freeze Out with Tim and Doug. Those were stupid, but memories made in complete friendship, and one uh, moment in time that uh, if I were to come back and relive this life, I'd probably go jump in the Freeze Out truck. That would be fun. Okay. <clears throat> well venturing off of freeze out to something i actually did enjoy is that oh it's rain shit um in i would say this would be 5th 6th 7th and 8th grade it started in elementary school for sure so maybe not 5th grade but 6th grade for sure 7th and 8th for sure we got into a routine of playing uh street hockey or whatever call it what you want it was on the it was on the elementary school back playground asphalt area. It was perfectly set up for three on three four on four, or maybe five on five though that got crowded, so we used to keep it to three on three or four on four um, of orange puck uh plastic stick hockey, and we even had the nets. From the school that we could use if we were playing at a time when somebody was in the school, or if not, we would just set up some form of like structured uh, uh, goal in which to score. But I'm telling you, we we played that for three years, maybe four, and a lot of the neighborhood played it. Um, I think the uh, I think Tom and Joey and their clan started it. I'm sure Joey started it. But um it got big. Like it just was it was fun and it was fun especially on days when it was icy because I mean there was just there was a sense of recklessness to it that if it was slippery it was even more fun. We never played on skates, we were always just running around. But oh man uh, that was one of the ones that came to me late in the afternoon when I was thinking of stuff that I did in the cold. and I'm so glad I remembered it because it's way better than freeze out and deserved a spot on the list. So, and just so that we're clear, I don't have skiing or any of the uh, just daily mountain routines around here on these lists because obviously they're all fun. But these are just specific memories I have of cold days where... I would go relive them, no problem. <clears throat> and so the next one, number seven, is unusual because this is probably one of my favorite memories of my dad and me. Was There was a blizzard, I believe it was 82, could have been 81, um, where I think 24 inches of snow fell on Christmas Eve. um, <clears throat> And If not, it might have been more. It might have been 26. It was an enormous amount of snow. And my parents were putting an addition on the back of the house that had been framed out. But that was it. So the plywood and and 2 by 4s were up. There was a roofing um, pitch frame in place. But that was it when that snowstorm hit. And because all that wood was basically going to get ruined if it was subjected to uh, the warping that would come with 24 inches of snow melting on it, my dad and I, throughout the night, kept going out every half hour, whatever, and shoveling off the snow. And I remember thinking, because I must have been 10 or 11, 12, something. I mean, I was young, but old enough to shovel snow or to push snow with a broom. The point is, this is one of those first times where I thought, it's a good thing... I'm here because it's better that dad has me to help him with this one than mom, because that's not a fair task for mom to have to stay up with. And dad needs some help. Like he shouldn't have to do this whole thing either. And M's too young. Like I felt like I was needed in my family in a time when there was a problem that we all had to solve. It's just one of those kid memories you have where you think, yeah, that was That was cool, Dad. I'm glad. Yeah, no, it was great. We stayed up till, what time was it? What was it? Oh, it was like one o'clock. Okay, it was 11. Whatever, you know. You just have those times when I think you feel included in something that maybe for the general purpose of the moment uh, gives you a memory for life. All right, which I guess is a pretty good description of the next one. I will say that I have one Fabergé egg moment in my life. And it was in Keystone on their ice skating rink when the entire resort got snowed in. There was so much snow that the parking lot wasn't even, I mean, there was nowhere to go. But you could go into the Keystone area where all of the uh, all of the uh, town uh, snow removal equipment was at least keeping the ice skating rink. Uh, the whatever store that had comic books in it and the restaurant and bar or whatever down the little path open and we were <clears throat> out there in in basically pristine snowed in uh, blizzard conditions ice skating in a mountain resort town that looked like something cut in a in a gingerbread house display i mean it was just And the the snowflakes coming down were spectacular. I I mean, I can picture it vividly now. Um, And I don't have a whole lot of, like, um, Thomas Kincaid or whatever the winter scene um, little miniature model dude is. I don't have a whole lot of even affinity for that kind of shit. So to have experienced one and have it imprinted on my life, this was when I was like 11 or 12 too. I was young. This was a family vacation. And yeah, man, I can I can picture it now. Truly like being inside of a snow globe. Um, which, of course, there's been many of those opportunities living in Colorado, but this one stands out. Okay, that means we're to the number five. Mm. Uh, tubing and sledding in Empire, or uh, really anywhere, it doesn't matter. You do this over on Foss Hill, or uh, if you're not in Connecticut, you could go over here on Ruby Hill and do it here in Denver, or uh, you could, whatever. Tubing, specifically, because tubing down uh, mountain snow hills is so much fun. Not that sledding doesn't have its place. But if you've got your choice at the top of the mountain, which one are you going to pick? It's, no, it's a no-brainer. So any day tubing and sledding in a mountainous uh, setting, not just, say, it um, at Ross Park. I mean, yeah, okay, it's a hill, but it's what, a 15-foot hill? I don't know. Does that count? Not really. But does uh, Winter Park count? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it does. Let's get our tubing. So that generic event is definitely in the top five. Okay, so that leaves my uh, four, three, two, and one. And I've got to say, number one did happen. Uh, This is a story. (laughs) I don't know if I've even told this story yet. Have I? Maybe. Probably not, though. I'm not going to use the name of the person I did this with, but... The person I did this with will exactly know who she is. Uh, We'll call her Roxy. And um, Roxy uh, drove a red Honda CRV. Or whatever that little two-seater thing was called back in the day. It looked like a a Pac-Man mobile. Anyway, we'll get to number one when we get to number one. Um, So, number four. I definitely enjoy a good snowball fight. Oh, God. Even to this day, I've encouraged office snowball fights more than I should have, probably. But I've also had some of my best office days encouraging office snowball fights. So, what can I say? A good snowball fight, a good-spirited one, where you're just out to uh, give someone a a, mm, uh, not-forceful Ice ball to the face. Uh, a good-natured snowball fight, I think, is about as fun as anything a group of random people can do. But if you're just with your buddy, or your buddy and your other buddy, or maybe even your buddy, your other buddy, and your other buddy, but that's about as far as it can go, because there's only so much room in a bumper, well, my number three favorite activity in the cold is bumper hitching. And in fact... Now that we don't scrape the streets of Denver, I've never even thought about how much bumper hitching material there is out there. Next winter. Bumper hitching, in case you don't know, is just grabbing a hold of the bumper and riding the snowy road wherever you go, wherever the driver takes you. It is something we used to do uh, outside the elementary school, uh, much to the chagrin of... Mr. Heard, and anybody else watching. Um, But that was back in the 70s when if your parents picked you up from a snow day, then you got to ride home on the bumper. That was fucking the way it worked. Wasn't like today where you had to get into a car seat and put a helmet on. Nope. No, you just grabbed a little back car metal, and uh, when we get to your house, man, release. Good seeing you, bro. Um, I'm not even exaggerating. I mean, it wouldn't be that unusual for uh, four or five of us to be on the back of, uh, you know, matey's car. It's possible. The Buick, I'm sure it could hold that. All right, so bumper hitching. <clears throat> now, my number two is one of those personal moments that I just, for whatever reason had a day that it all clicked. And this was day two of a two-day golf tournament on Cape Cod. And um, <laughs> and day one was so fucking windy that I shot 101. I mean, in, a, in an official tournament, I shot 101. And I wasn't the only one that shot in the hundreds. There were quite a few of us. I've never played a more brutal day of golf than that day on the coast of Massachusetts in the wind that at one point I saw a ball hit up and back that the wind blew behind where it started. So, 101. Well, the tournament was to play two, there were two courses in the layout, and the out course, the one we had played day one, was uh, the uh, windiest of the courses. The in course was still as could be, at least on day two, when I shot 71. And I only broke par in official tournaments twice. This was one of the days. And A 30-stroke difference between day one and day two was the greatest difference in the tournament history between day one and day two. And I'm pretty sure, probably, it could even still be. I mean, it's an enormous... <laughs> uh, yeah. It's an enormous gap. Oh, oh, and actually, I should say, you, this was a tournament where you brought six... And top four scores count. And because my team had two scores worse than 101, my 101 had to score. I even had to be posted on the fucking results. Which, as the freshman fifth golfer on the team, I certainly didn't want 101. This was my second official event. The first one being the tournament we hosted to open our season. Oh, my fucking God. But then I shot 71 the next day, which wasn't the best on the team. Somebody actually shot 70 that day. Somebody who had no fucking 70 ever again. But he shot 70 that day. So again, it it was when when you have such an adverse situation that you literally don't know if the ball you're about to hit might blow back and hit you, and then you step into... Serenity, tranquility, and golf as you know it boy you can embrace that moment to the point that all of the angst and stress from the day before becomes the momentum and and precision of, of the day after. I just I I can probably play through about seven or eight of those holes still today. I I certainly can play the first three, because I remember that the first two tee shots were memorable, and the third hole was a water hole, so it's a very memorable hole as well. My point is, that's how much that round still lives in my head. I was 18. I'm 53. I would say that round, a round I had in high school, another round I had in college, and a round I had the year after college, And one round with my roommate in the 2000s. Those five stand out as the highlight rounds of my life. This is one of them. And it was on a chilly fucking day in Massachusetts. I'll say that. Welcome to golf in fucking New England. It wasn't as bad as day one. But it was cold enough that I should have had more than the jacket I brought with me. Lesson learned. Which, unintentionally is the perfect segue to my number one favorite moment in the cold. And, Roxy, I don't mean to compromise your integrity, nor your mm, good name, but uh, this would have been, let's see, it had to be my junior year, so this would have been 1990, yep, 90, because it was the first week Game three of the season, if I remember right, maybe game four, whatever it was, it was the end of the series of the Mets against, I have no idea now, I cannot remember who they played, but they played into the 18th inning. And my girlfriend had gotten tickets from her dad, um, who was a pretty well-connected New York dude. We had the seats right behind the uh, third tier or third balcony rail. Like we could put our drinks on the rail. We could put our leg. I mean, we were looking down on third base from about between left fielder and third baseman on the front row of the third deck. And this has some about this has some purpose. That's why I'm telling you. Um, and when we got to the game, I would say the stadium was about half full. And um, and maybe a third full. It was sparse. But the problem, and, and we had actually met, uh, I think I've already said her name once. Whatever, I'm going to try not to say her name. But Roxy, we had met her father for dinner on the way down. And um, so we left Connecticut at... Two thirty or three in the afternoon, which meant we were very ill prepared for a basically winter ball game that started and finished after midnight. And um, and Roxy was in a like a spring dress, one piece dress thing with leggings, which back then did not mean yoga pants; it meant two tubes on her legs. And uh, no socks and clogs. I remember the shoes well. Um, I, oh, but she had a sweater and a jacket. Uh, And she had uh, earmuffs. Which, uh, yeah, let's just say I did not have those. Anyway, um, I wore a baseball hat, a jacket, a jean jacket, jeans, No socks, so barefoot in what were, like, um, boat shoes, whatever. Um, And, uh, oh, and I had a scarf. Yes, I did, because it was given to me by Beth's father. It was a very, very, very nice scarf, in fact. Um, But the point is, we were cold walking from the car to the stadium. And that's okay, right? I mean, it's a baseball game. We'll just leave if we get that cold. Well, the game was compelling, number one. We were both actually pretty big fans of the Mets. So it was kind of cool that we were seeing this game. And uh, we became, as time wore on, the only people in our section. Everybody left this game. It got cold, really cold, at like 10.30 or 11 at night. I mean, to the point we were we were freezing. We were huddled against each other for at least the last 10 innings. To the point that we got comfortable enough and coordinated enough to have sex in met stadium right in the seats right behind the concrete barrier there was no question that we could have been seen from behind anybody could have walked up and looked at us from behind and seen exactly what was happening but there was nobody behind us and nobody had come up through that gangway behind us for like four innings so by the time it actually was all going on it just was happening It just was happening. It was one of those things that, as your, uh, what, 20-year-old, hot-blooded American boy thinking, holy, holy shit, oh, 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 my God, oh, my God, hell yeah, Beth. Oh, damn it. Well, I said her name. Guess I got to stop this thing now, right? Sorry, Beth.